Hello and welcome to Meet Her, the newest addition to Virtual Inforum. My name is Terry Barclay and I'm president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Her podcast series introduces listeners to women of accomplishment whose experiences and insights feed us all on our leadership journeys. And I'm just so excited that joining me today is Katherine Barenbrinker, president of Simplicity Communications, Inc., and a brand new member of the Inforum Board of Directors. Katherine is an incredible, an incredible and successful entrepreneur who founded her technology solutions company in Michigan in 2007 and added its United Kingdom affiliate in 2016. Welcome, Catherine, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Terry. I'm really excited to be here. So let's get right to it. Okay. What's your personal superpower, and how has it helped you in your career? You know, it's so interesting to uh, think of that um, a superpower because, you know, uh, a lot of times women, we don't give ourselves credit for um being able to um, really have the self-esteem to say, I have a superpower, but this has really been resonating with me the last couple of years because um, it's starting to, you get to know yourself. And I think that what I found with my superpower is that I'm a giver. I love to help people. I'm a fixer. And what I've learned over my career is that this is all a journey. There's no, um, there's no real destinations along the way. It's more, um, what can I do? And, and it really translates into optimism and, and seeing the good in people. So as I think about my career and how I've tried to help people along the way, um, sometimes you have some fail forward moments where um, maybe, you know, being a giver, you've kind of gotten stung a little bit, but I really genuinely care for other people and try to help build up other people around me, whether they're, you know, friends or uh, networking connections or team members. And I think, you know, staying true to that feeling of, of giving and, and helping and seeing the positives, that has really kept my strength, especially during low times, um, whether it's, you know, you, you know, digging deep and trying to get through a challenging situation. Um, you know, there's lots of hard lessons to learn in that. So I love that I've learned enough about myself and um, it helped with the confidence in myself to recognize that that's a really big strength and, and actually figuring out that that is a superpower has been, um, really enlightening. And in fact, I've actually started using that term with my, my team members. And when I talk to them or, or I'll point out that, Hey, Mandy, did you know that's a superpower? And <laughs> to try to help and encourage them to think that way earlier in their career. You know, that, that is just so great. And I've, you know, we've known each other for a really long time. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I've watched you just grow your company into an absolute powerhouse. And it's interesting because, you know, you, you launched in 2007 and 2008 mm -hmm. was not a particularly good year in the yeah. economy. Um, 
you know, so it's interesting to hear how that superpower helped propel you, you know, through that. Do you have any tips for people, you know, in the current crisis that we're facing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, as entrepreneurs, we're supposed to be, you know, the strong ones, we're supposed to have all the answers and we're leading the ship. And, you know, right now, it kind of feels like we're really on a bucking bronco just trying to stay in the saddle. Um, So I think, you know, from the perspective of remain positive and, you know, be vulnerable to your team because that's okay, you know, and, and let them know that you may not have all the answers during this time because there's so much uncertainty, but just stay true to yourself and, and take that time to really understand what can I do? What can I control? And at the end of the day, I would rather see and believe in the good of people and what they, what people can do. We're seeing a lot of that with a lot of small businesses stepping up and changing their manufacturing to making ventilators or masks. And, and they're just quickly being agile and, and trying to help one another. And that's, I think, really positive. Um, there's also, you know, a lot of negativity that can come, in, come along. But I think as leaders in our little bubbles, if we can just keep our, our family and, and staff members um, focusing on the good, I think that that is um, a, a differentiator, that that's what they need us to do, because it can really, it can be overwhelming. And it's okay to be overwhelmed with the situation, because they're there is so much uncertainty, but being positive and, and just making sure you're communicating, um, that, that's probably the biggest thing is, is to not be afraid to, to reach out and, and really say, how, you, how are you doing? How can I help you? What can I do for you? Even if it's just some positive words. Um, one of the things that I started doing is we're, we're a technology company. So we're really busy during this time trying to help people get you know, remotely set up. And what I tried to start doing is, is how can I help show you how to work remotely easier? There's no sale involved. It's just, let me teach you how to do this a little bit easier. Let me teach you how to use some technology that can keep you feel connected. And so that's just watch for those ways to just, just do and give selflessly without expecting anything in return. And I I think that is what feeds at least me, it, it, I feel good when I feel like I've helped someone. So understanding your own needs in what you need during this, there's, there's always that saying of you've got to, if you don't take care of yourself, you certainly can't take care of others well. So really make sure that you understand what do you need during this? And it's scary, it's uncertain, but we will get through it. We'll come out the other side. And I was actually just on, on a, um, a CEO roundtable call and the connections that I felt on this particular call were unlike any others in the, the past year and a half because of the situation. And I think that reevaluating those pieces and saying, what do I need during this time of crisis and how can I make sure to lead the most positively and help as many people as I can? Those are the things that that is probably my biggest tip today is just don't forget about yourself. Oh, that's so true. And you, uh, certainly the whole time I've known you, you've always been focused on the positive and focused on helping others and just so knowledgeable 
and skilled <laughs> at advising people about the technology that can really help them with that. I mean, that really is the silver lining here is that yeah. people are finding new ways to connect. You, your company is, well, it's global. I mean, you know, you have so many uh, customers, very different kinds of experiences. Is What's the one mistake that you see leaders making more frequently than others? And what can we learn from that? You know, I think that um, a big mistake that leaders, all, all type of leaders do is, is try to remain in the forefront and not put the, push their team into the forefront. Anytime, whether it's been an award that I've accepted or an accomplishment with a, with a client, I'm always trying to say, it's not Catherine, it's my team. My team did this. And I see a lot of people trying to say that they did that. And so I think not not just recognizing that it's not one person that's a, that's able to accomplish um, a success. It's really about all of those individuals. So we can see that in business and in politics. It's really about we're all in it together. We're all there. And so when a leader can really genuinely acknowledge that uh, a success was due to a collective effort, that's when you have a leader that is revered by those team members that that they that there's more loyalty and a leader can depend on people more because they don't try to take all of that glory and in my experience just just being vulnerable and genuinely caring is really motivating for those team members and that's a lesson that I've learned since we've gone remote is we do um, our scrum meetings in the morning and then we do a wrap up at the end of the day and being vulnerable and letting them know that I don't have all the answers has been really, we've really bonded as a team, even though we're not in the same building, we're working from home. And it reminds me of a book that I read last year, uh, mm. Dare to Lead by Brené Brown. It, she really hits on being vulnerable. And, and sometimes as a woman, I think that we forget that that's okay because we're trying to be hold strong everything together and be strong. And, you know, we don't want to show those weaknesses, but I think one thing that I'm seeing, whether it's in interacting with clients or, or service providers is we're, we're okay with that vulnerability showing. We're okay with having kids join the video conferences or having pets join. And we're not as strict of, Oh, don't have them join. No, it's it's okay. And I, I see some relaxing in that and it's making it well, wow, yeah, it's it is challenging to be an employee and manage, you know, how do I be a teacher for my children that are not going to school and how do I do work that I need to do? And and there's a lot of vulnerability happening. And I think trying to keep the team on track and meeting goals while still just juggling all the the challenges that are coming, I think that that the the best leaders are the ones that are going to say, I can't, I can't do it on my own. I need my team to help me lead through this. That's, that's the success. Well, well, it feels a little bit like maybe we've been talking about the next question, which is what key trait or skill has helped you to get where you are? I mean, you've just built an incredibly successful company. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. But what what do you see as the key traits or skills that have helped you do that? 
Oh, it's interesting because I feel like you, some of these words are interchangeable. I might call it perseverance and others might call it stubbornness. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. I, I think my unwavering, I'm just not willing to give up. I had a, an opportunity about um, three and a half years ago to work with a, a very large West Michigan grocery retailer. I, I started in 2012 trying to work with that company. And I finally, in November, November 15, 2016, I remember the date that I signed that contract to work with them. And it has been an amazing, life-changing, not only personally, but, but business-wise, to win that contract. And we've done some really cool things. But I keep remembering back to going, I had to persevere. I had to go four years and three times where I was told, no, you, we're not going to do business wow. with you. And I just wasn't going to give up. And so it's really, I've tried to take that lesson and overlay that into lots of different situations of just persevere. It, it might just be no for now. It's not no forever. So <laughs> I think learning, really understanding the fail forward moments where why didn't I win? What could I do? And asking questions about what can I do better? maintaining those connections and relationships are, are super important to just kind of put you in the right spot at the right time where it will make sense for them to do business with us. And I think that having that skill, um, there's a lot of self-evaluation that needs to go with that because it's hard to say that it's hard to not translate that into I wasn't good enough to win the business. Oh, and it has point. nothing to do with good enough. And in fact, I was recently married and one of, one of my statements in the vows, and I said this to my, my daughters and my granddaughters was, I want you to learn a life lessons that you are enough. You are enough already. You don't ever have to try to be enough in the future because you're already there. And I think that when you overlay that into this journey of whether it's when you're in college, when you're in your career, at whatever level, that women especially need to start saying, we're already enough. And no is okay. When we're, when we're told no, when it's something of whether it's a promotion or whether it's trying to win a sale, it just means that it wasn't meant to be at that time you needed some other lessons or something but just persevere and just keep going and it will happen at some point there there's a will there's a way so just my biggest trade I think has been persevering and not taking it personally that they told me no it's okay it's just not right now you know though that is just such great advice and a great perspective. I, I I found myself thinking about instances in, in my life when I was told no, and it actually turned out to be a good thing. <laughs> you know? A blessing in and, disguise. You and, know, I, yeah. yeah. So just to view that, it seems like you've really, you have a skill that's so important for all of us, but particularly for entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to, um, to persist and be tenacious, but do that in a, you know, sort of a non-self-blame um, way. Yeah. It, it really, really a great, great advice for people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so you've been talking all along about 
the importance of the team and mm-hmm. making sure that you're giving the team credit um, for the things that they do because it, you know, we know that none of us get wherever we are by ourselves. But how do you put that team together when you're faced with two equally qualified candidates? How do you determine whom to hire? So this is interesting because I think you might think you're a good interviewer and there's just so much uncertainty. And and I really kind of believe that people interview how they think they are rather than how they really are. So there's a lot of of lessons that I've learned over the past, I would say past five years about, again, start with myself. Am I communicating clearly about the position? But once you start diving in, what's really helped us as an organization absolutely has changed dramatically how we hire is is really know thyself. We started working with the Patrick Lenciani series, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And he has a couple books in his series Um, that have been a game changer for my company. The first one is The Ideal Team Player. When we read that book as a leadership team and we started saying, we want people that are hungry, humble, and smart. Mm -hmm. Um, When we started really looking around and I looked at my current team at the time a couple of years ago and I went, who's 0 for 3? Who's 3 for 3? And I was really surprised when I was honest with myself of, how many people were not up to that three for three level. And so it, when we started reading as a team, that book, the ones that were not necessarily on the same page, it was interesting how all of a sudden they started finding new positions, or maybe I had to say, oh, let's help you find your next position. Because we started realizing that if we don't have everybody on the same page and thinking to what our mission is and our values are, it's never going to work no matter how hard we try. So what we started doing is during our interview process, we, we actually do personality assessments and we would do like a disc profile so that we could understand who are they really, no matter what they tell us, what does their personality test say about them? And then we started letting them know this is how we're hiring. This is the type of people. And if this is interesting for you, then let's continue the conversation. And it really did change who was applying and what the conversations were during those interviews. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think uh, the other book in his series, The Four Obsessions of Extraordinary Executive, it talked about being clear with the roles and responsibilities. And even more, even though we always had a, here's our mission, we want to do this, or we want to have these goals this year, when you really align your employees with being clear about what your goals are, what I have found is people have just dove in and they care about simplicity as much as I do. And there's just, you just can't, you you can't ask for anything more. And so I, I feel like, boy, I wish I would have done this eight years ago or, or, or 14 years ago, but as a leader, you it just evolves. You evolve in how you learn. And so I think that being able to really feel like we're clearly telling people what they're getting into and almost opening the trench coat and saying, guys, this is what you're getting into. We, we do group interviews and we say, you just need to see who it is you're going to work with because we're a family. I call it a lifestyle at Simplicity. It's not a job. And it's never more present now as we're 
collaborating in these working from home. And we actually hired two people during this situation because we're so busy. And can you imagine starting a job remotely and not yeah. having connection? But we did a pretty good job at, at really helping them understand who we were to have them say, yeah, I, that's my position. I need to be a part of that. So it's, it's really, um, again, starting with yourself of making sure you're telling them, it's not just you interviewing that candidate for their skills. I, I can teach them skills and technology. I want to know their character. Mm-hmm. I want to know what they bring to the table. I want to know what they're passionate about because if they're aligned, that's what, where I've seen the magic in our team and, and having that commitment and loyalty. And it's fun to see when they connect. I love it. That, you know, that's, that's really great. And in many ways, it just leads into, and in some ways you've answered the next question of <laughs> how do you help a new employee understand the culture of your organization? It sounds like it absolutely starts during the interviewing process. You know, it really does. Um, It's the first exposure, that first impression. But I think it's also once they've connected and said, okay, I'm going to be part of this and we bring them on, it's being open and transparent as a leader, having them being accessible to them, having them know that it's safe to come and talk to them about anything, just really whether it's peer-to-peer or whether it's management that they have the ability to call me and talk about anything or my administrative manager and, and that there's no consequences in that. I had one staff member send me a note saying, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I forgot to send out the scope of work. It'll never happen again. And, you know, the, and I, it was so, it was actually really cute. I said, Megan, that's okay. Um, I said, I bet you you'll never miss any on a scope of work again. And she goes, no, I never will. And it was fun to kind of see her, but she was so caring because we have taught her the culture and she understood why those scope of work were so important to the equation that when she did miss it, that she knew that it was okay. She wasn't going to be punished for coming and telling me she made a mistake. It's like, absolutely not fail forward. I want you to recognize that it's a mistake because you learn more from those. Yes. I, I had a boss who used to say, where you trip is where the treasure lies. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what, a, what a great story and a, and a great example. And you've been talking about this uh, all along, but are there any other blogs or podcasts or other media that you engage with to generate new ideas? I know that 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 being fresh and on the cutting edge is really important to the success of your company. It really is. And we do a lot of the typical TED talking, but I will tell you, Simon Sinek is almost my hero. I love his I love, we, we did a start with why um, workshop at our strategy session last year. And we always kind of come back to that to understand why we need to do something. But I think that you have to have those typical audiobooks or authors that you read. But honestly, what I have found recently is, is really going deep and connecting deep, like within forum and, and making sure I'm reaching out to people that can help me 
with my associations too. So I was a Michigan 50 companies to watch in 2018. And that congratulations. Me- Thank you. Huge. I'm so excited about that. Um, but it brought me into the Edward Lowe Foundation, which kind of opened up a lot of associations in Michigan to me and in programs. And one of them is a CEO roundtable peer group. And that's been a really deep connection, especially through this situation that we're in today. And it kind of had me really reflecting on what groups and associations do I need to belong to? What podcast should I be listening to? What, what resources are there available? And again, it's one of those things that I don't think especially entrepreneurs make a priority enough because it's that feeding you, it's feeding your education and continuing education. And sometimes we get so busy with the day-to-day that we forget those things are so important. So I think that that certainly if people can stop and take stock of, of who should they be listening to and listen outside of your norm, like listen to something that's totally different and then figure out what associations you should belong to and, you know, your chambers and your, the informs out there and make sure you're connecting and really, really connecting because you never know when that connection is going to help you through a difficult situation. So that's been a big lesson that I've just concluded the last 30 days is, is really appreciating uh, the connections through this situation. It's, it's such great advice. And I think you're right. It's particularly great advice for women who are often put themselves last. Mm-hmm. And so the whole importance of investing in yourself. Thank you so much for joining us today, Catherine. This has just been uplifting and fun. And thank you for sharing such great insights with us about how you've built this incredibly successful business and life. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Well, that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to informmichigan.org for more opportunities to meet her. And while you're there, check out the other virtual Inform components, including a growing library of video tips, virtual leadership development programming, and even a series of virtual events. Thank you.